It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. In your Bibles, turn to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Now, we, we've looked at the last couple of weeks, meditation upon the Word for the purpose of walking in faith. Before we dig into the Word, let me just say something. I've said this for years. I don't know if people grasp it or not. I, I, I hope or I trust eventually uh, they do or they will. Uh, but every thing that you really desire in life, that you desire to do, that you desire to have, you know, that's within the uh, uh, perimeter of the confines of righteousness. You understand what I'm saying by that? You know, things that are not, you know, not wrong, not involved in sin in any way. No matter what it is, uh, you can obtain it by faith. And let me just say this. You should go after it by faith because everything you accomplish by faith strengthens your faith. Remember this always about spiritual things. Natural things, you wore your boots today. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> I bought her those boots, I don't know how long ago. Finally wore them. Praise God. Where was I at? Yeah, woohoo! Praise God. <laughs> but no matter what it is, uh, spiritually, spiritual things do not get used up with the using. They get stronger with the using. And uh, natural things are not like that. They all get used up. Uh, no matter what it is, no matter how much you like it, no matter, you know, you, you really had to have something and, and you got it, well, it's, it's, with, with use, it will wear out. And if it's not used, then you'll, it'll lose its value. You know what I mean? And so, you know, years ago, uh, when I first came to the Lord, I just got an, under an enormous amount of teaching uh, when it came to faith. And uh, I wasn't building a building. I wasn't believing God to go to the nations of the world. I wasn't believing God for, you know, ministerial. I was just believing God to make it through Bible school. So I began to use my faith. I just began to look around my life and say, okay, where can, I, where can I use my faith? I remember one of the first places that I wanted to use, I like to, to duck hunt, and, and I was going to a prayer group on Monday nights in which an old farmer, uh, 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 Mr. Clary, we called him, uh, Donald Clary was his name, which lived down the island, a wonderful old gentleman, uh, loved the Lord. He was a World War II veteran, fought all up through Italy, and, and then he was in the Big Red One, and then uh, while they were fighting up through France, he stepped on a mine and blew his leg off. And, uh, you know, just to show you strength of people, instead of coming home and being a victim, he came home and carried the mail for 40 years. Amen. Wonderful guy, filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, anyway, you know, I'd been in Bible school a couple of months and we're just getting to know some of these people at this prayer group, different things, where I met Chris Harris, other people. And, uh, 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 I, you know, duck season was coming up and I didn't have any place to go hunt. All my hunting buddies and everybody, nobody wanted anything to do with me. And so I said, okay, I'm going to use my faith. I'm just going to believe God by faith for a place to go hunt. And so I, I got to praying and, and seeking God and just, just made my declaration of faith. I believe I received. Made sure, you know, check my heart, make sure it's the will of God. And so one night after prayer meeting, uh, uh, I just walked up to Mr. Clary. I said, where do you live down the island? 
And he began to explain to me where he lived. And I said, so you have all that land from, from Hammond House Road all the way to the bay. And he said, well, what I don't own, I lease. I said, really? I said, do you ever let anybody go back there and duck hunt? He said, no. I said, can I go back there and duck hunt? He said, absolutely. That was 32 years ago. And that's changed ownership three times. And I still hunt back there anytime I want to. You say, why? Because faith works. I said, faith works. That's the way it works. And there's been many other things in my life I could. That's why I'm saying, no matter what it is that you desire, get your faith out there for it. You, you may want to go travel someplace. You may want to go, uh, uh, you know, on a on a vacation somewhere. You may want to, you may want to, uh, 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 you know, some clothes or a, or, or some piece of jewelry or a watch or whatever. Whatever you want, get your faith out there and believe God for it. Then, when the major things of life rise up. When the real issues of life rise up, you're not wondering how this thing works. You know how it works because you operate in it every day. Every day you operate in it. Uh, 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 the staff gave me some beautiful pictures of my last hunting trip for my birthday. And I was in there looking at that and I began to think about how, how all that came about where I was able to go to that beautiful ranch. I've been hunting there now for eight years. I tried for 20 years, I believe, 20 years. I believed God to get on that ranch. 20 years and nothing happened. 20 years. And then in one afternoon, through one comment, God opened that door. And now me and the, and the ranch owner, who's a multi-multi-millionaire, we, we text each other almost every week. Talk to each other. I've been helping him go through all this cancer stuff and God's been touching his life and all this kind of stuff. That's because that's the way faith operates. There's a timing in it. There's a, 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 there's a, a way that it works. Uh, there's a protocol in faith. But everything, I've had people say, well, I sure would like to go shoot a, a deer like that. Get, out, get your faith out there. Do something by faith. You've got to do something. People say, I'd like to have uh, uh, this, this vehicle or this, that. Well, you've got to get your faith out there. Don't ever get up in the morning and have this thought in your mind. Well, there's not anything I, I, I'm operating faith in right now. If you get up in the morning and you've got this thought in your mind, well, there's not anything I'm operating in faith in right now, then you're, you're in trouble. You're not exercising your faith. The just shall live by faith, and the Bible says without it, it's impossible to please God. Now, yesterday, Lee and I had a, had a meeting with the architects, and I was, I was, we were in there, and, 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 and uh, we brought them a check to pay for the current uh, 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 work that they'd done. And they were talking about kitchen stuff and, 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 and wiring the building in such a way that we can put generators in there in case a storm happens or, you know, so that we can be fully functional. If the whole island's down, we can be fully functional, all this kind of stuff. And so we were in there maybe, what, 30, 45 minutes, something like that. And so we walked out, and I had a couple of things to talk to Lee about. And then, and then I got in the truck, and I started driving, and uh, I had, a, had a, see, a, a, a message playing by Brother Osteen. So I just cut it down for a minute because I could sense the Spirit of God. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, now everything you just did was faith. And I said, okay, uh, you know, help me with that, Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, you went there, and you just literally acted like every dime you needed was in the bank. You, the way you talked in confidence, what you told them, how you told them to come in. He said, now everything you do that you did today in that meeting was by faith. That pleases me. And that's all he said to me. And I was like, glory to God. Because faith will get the attention of God on every level. But many times people try to operate way up here. And, you know, in the crisis of life, you know, you need that faith to operate. But if you're not operating in faith in all the other things... 
faith to pay your bills. Faith to every, every month. We believe God. Lee and I believe God for faith, uh, uh, in faith to pay the bills of the church, to pay the salaries of the church, to give, to do what we do. Uh, today, we, we gave a bunch of money today that we don't usually give. We Just uh, three missionaries the Lord placed on my heart. Uh, 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 we're going to cooperate with the, the church over on Herds Lane, helping them build. And it was money we could use. It's a sacrifice. Money that would, would help build that building. But I know by faith to obey the voice of God when He comes. Because the more you do it, the more you operate in it, the more you operate in the principles that we've been teaching you, then the more faith operates, the more it works. And everything connected to your life, you give glory to God. God gets the glory. You get a story, God gets the glory. Amen? So these principles of confession, these principles of meditating on the Word of God, of just, uh, you know, just uh, uh, taking that Word and getting it in your mouth and muttering it over and over. And I've been just increasing it in my life just more. I wake up in the morning meditating on the Word. I go to bed at night meditating on the Word. I notice when I wake up in the night and it's hard to go to sleep, I can start meditating on the Word and I'll go right back to sleep. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we know that, that what you get in your mouth and in your heart, that's going to produce the faith. Now, this is where we're coming to today and kind of got into it last week. That'll produce the faith for you to act upon. Now, in Joshua chapter 5, we've used this scripture many times, but we're going to go at it from the angle or from the, from the reality or the revelation of actually acting on faith. Now, one more, one more point before we get into the scripture. This is the area in which the enemy will fight you harder than any other area and that is actually doing something quote by faith now there's not really a whole lot he can do about stopping you from speaking the word there's really not a whole lot he can do uh, uh, when it comes to stopping you from meditating upon the word but when he when it comes to okay lord now i i, I believe in my heart i confess with my mouth I, I, I believe that revelation's in me, that rhema's in me. I'm speaking that word. I have a confidence in me. What do I do? What do I do now? Now, that arena many times is where your enemy or your adversary is going to step in. He's going to try to confuse you. He's going to try to get you to do things by presumption or assumption. Uh, he's going to try to get you to do things by inspiration instead of, instead of information. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, there's, there's all kinds of inspirational testimonies that we hear people give and then we go out and try to repeat what they did trying to get the same results. You can't do that. You know, somebody comes up and gets healed and, and throws their glasses down on the ground so just because they did that, you do it and next thing you know, you got to get somebody to drive you home. That's because they did it by information and by faith that came to them. Uh, you did it, by, uh, uh, you did it by, by inspiration. They did it by information. Now, let me say this. This will help you. When it comes to the gifts of the Holy Ghost that get into operation, I think this past Sunday the Lord gave us a, a word of knowledge about people that were troubled in their sleep. Did you know it may not have been that whole bunch of people that came up, but I guarantee you there were two to three to four to maybe even five people in that group of people that were trying to overcome that by faith. You say, why was that? That faith activated the Holy Ghost and gave us that word of knowledge. Now everybody could have got in on it. You think, you think everybody slept good that night? I don't know. That's between them and God. It's up to, quote, their faith. But there was someone in that line, whether it was one person or all of them, I don't know. But somebody in that line was believing God by faith to have some type of breakthrough in their sleep. They were praying. They were speaking the word. They were doing something. 
and God recognized that and gave us revelation. Many times that's what happens with people is people will begin to believe God by faith and in a service setting, the Holy Ghost will move and give you a word of knowledge and that word of knowledge will locate someone that's in faith, believing God. A lot of times when people get a word of knowledge, they're not surprised. They're not surprised. If they're truly faith people, they're not surprised. Amen, that's just a rabbit trail, so we'll... Verse, uh, did I tell you chapter 1? Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, very familiar scripture. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, uh, that thou may uh, observe to do, everybody say to do, according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Everybody say good success. Now notice there's kind of a formula in this scripture. It talks about the mouth. It talks about meditation. Then it talks about observe to do. Now it talks about the mouth. It talks about meditation. And it talks about observing to do. So you need to get, did I, what did I say, 1-5? It's 1-8, Joshua 1-8. So, so I'm thinking about chapter 5. Uh, uh, so what you need to do is recognize this principle in the Word of God is a faith principle. The word in your mouth, everybody say the word in your mouth. Then the word in your, uh, how do I write it? The word in your mouth, uh, then the word in your heart, then the word in your actions. It's the word in your mouth, the word in your heart, and the word in your actions. Say it again. The word in your mouth, the word in your heart, the word in your actions. Now the word in your mouth will put the word in your heart. The word in the heart will put the word in your actions. You see what I'm saying? Now, you cannot just at, at, at face value pick up the word and say, I'm going to obey that. You do not have it in your heart to obey it. You'll give it mental assent, but your mental assent will not cause the word to work. Here's what mental, mental assent will say this. I'm going to give it a try. That's what mental, mental assent will say. I'll give it a try. I'll see if, it will, I'll see if that tithing thing will work. I'll see if that giving thing will work. Let's try it out see what it says. Used to be a bumper sticker that said, try Jesus. It won't work. The Bible says we must be doers of the word. The Bible says when we're not doers of the word, then we're double-minded. You know, it's so difficult to live double-minded. I see people that enter into to double-mindedness. All the, well, I, you know, I, I don't know if we should be here or go there or do this or do that. I don't know about, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we ought to do this, maybe we ought to do that. Listen, you need to get your feet on the ground. I said, that's your adversary. That, listen, understand this. With all faith people across the board, you've got an army of demon powers that are doing everything they can do to resist you because they know if you will not back off and quit in faith, God's going to break through in your life. They know that. And they know when God breaks through, there is an element of His glory. And that glory is very contagious. People see that and get inspired by you. And many times, inspiration will draw people in to get the information they need so that they can walk in faith. But to be double-minded, oh, that's, it's miserable. You never have any joy. You never have any peace. You're just all stirred up. You're like, ah, well, I don't know if it's, no, we need to do this. And I've seen people that come to Island Church. I've met ministers that are like, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be passing this church. I might need to be a missionary over here. And I might need to be doing this over there. And, I'm not, and they never settle anything or settle anywhere. They never prosper financially. They always have these issues. All these things are going to, because the enemy has gotten into their soul and messed them up to the point that they live. Literally don't know what to do, where to do, or who to do it with. Amen? And let me just say this. 
a lot of times a change of scenery is not your answer. Your answer is to get a resolve in your spirit and say, bless God, I'm going to put my feet down right here. I'm going to live or die right here. I'm going to prosper go down the tubes right here. I'm going to be healed or die right here in Jesus' name. But I will not waver. I will not back off. This is where God's called me. This is what I'm going to do in the name of Jesus. And, and just many times that type of resolve will clear up all that demonic activity that causes so much confusion. People get so confused. Well, you know, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's easy to figure out. Amen? So you've got one of the ways to stop all that. Get the word in your mouth. Just sit down with your notepad. Sit down with a a, a legal pad and a pen. And start in the Bible and write yourself a righteous confession. The Bible says in, in the book of Revelation that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is what the word says about you. What does the word say about your health? What does the word say about your prosperity? What does the word say about your about your about who you are in Christ? What does the word say about your destiny? You've got to get in there, you've got to write that down. And, and listen, here's the problem: it takes effort and people are lazy. It's amazing how energetic people are in the sin area. Oh, come on, church. I mean, I know people that work at it. I mean, they'll get out, beat the bush for drugs. They'll get out and look for a party on Tuesday morning. I'm not kidding you. They're, right now, there's people sitting around drinking, doing drugs, playing cards, watching porno. Come on, church. And they had to work to make it happen. They had to work to make it. A, listen, and then you get into the kingdom of God and just sit around there. Well, I'm waiting for God to do something. God's not going to do it. I'm going to show you that in just a minute. He's not going to do it. He's already done everything He's going to do. It's up to you. Somebody say the word in my mouth. Get you a confession going. That confession will help that word to find its true place in your heart. For with the heart man believes. You can't believe with your mind. You can't believe with your flesh. But your heart especially coupled to your spirit man. Because your spirit man is not a believer. Let me say that again. Your spirit man is not a believer. Your spirit man is a knower. A lot of people say, what do you mean my spirit man is not? It's not a believer. Your spirit man does not believe. Your spirit man is connected to God himself. It knows. It knows you're born again. It knows you're healed. It knows you're prospered. It knows, it knows. What has to change is your heart. For with the heart, man believeth. Amen? So get it in your mouth. Get it in your heart. Then in your actions, what do I do? That is where you have to walk with God, talk with God, and get information from God. There are things that I've had to act on in faith that God has been so specific and detailed, it seemed like every little step He was orchestrating. Then there were other things, it was very vague. It was very kind of clouded and mysterious and like, all right, you know, I'm just going to do this. And boom, God showed up in the middle of it. I don't know why God communicates one way in one area and another way in another area. All I know is Jesus said it like this, be it unto you according to your faith. So I believe there are some things about your level of faith in which God will be very specific, very, very uh, 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 detailed. Other areas where He's just kind of waiting to see what you're going to do. 
I remember reading in a book by, by Brother Hagin. I actually heard him teach on it too one time. He said he'd been praying about certain things and, and, and a situation in his ministry. And the, and the Holy Ghost said to him, what do you want me to do about that? And he was shocked. He said, what do you mean? He said, what do you want me to do about that? And so Brother Hagin just told him what he wanted to do. He said, three days later, it was all done. Did you know God will counsel with you, talk with you like he did with Abraham? Did you know God sent Men to Abraham, actually they weren't men, they were angels. Warring spirits is what they were. To Abraham, to say, okay, Abraham, we've got to deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. What, what do you think? You know, God, God, God's going to wipe it out. What do you think? And Abraham said, well, look, give, me, give, me, give me some time with God. Let me go talk to God. And, God. and he got him down to what, five righteous men? He couldn't find five righteous men in the city. But notice he didn't do anything without discussing it with his friend. You're not a friend. You're a son. You're a daughter. Amen. And God will discuss some things with you and talk to you about, well, okay, how do you want to do this? How do you want this to go down? How do you want this to happen? Otherwise, you're just going to have to walk it out by faith. Now, notice this. It says, uh, that thou may observe us to do. The, the observation of the Word, the activity that you involve yourself in that is by faith. That's why I don't ever take anything for granted. I, recently, I've really been trying to get people aware of, especially in your giving, how all of our giving is by faith. All of it's by faith. The confession that we make, uh, doing it with the right heart, doing it with the right attitude, having that willing heart, being stirred in your spirit to give. All of those things are so important because those are elements of faith that help your offering really become the true seed planted under the good soil of your own heart that produces fruit in your life. Amen. Now, now, now we've said that before because we've heard some over the years. Ministers get up, missionaries get up. I mean, I even had a guy recently talk about a project that he was involved in. He wants us to get involved in. Then he was saying, "Now this is this project is 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 dark, black, rich soil. I mean, the seed's going to go in there; it's going to produce automatically." And I looked at him and said, "Well, not really." And he said, "What do you mean, not really?" I said, "It's not the project; it's people's hearts that give that's going to produce." He said. Oh, you're one of those kind, huh? But for years we've heard, sow into my ministry. So I'm good soil. Sow into my ministry. It's not the good soil of a ministry that's going to cause you to prosper. It's the good soil of your own heart. That seed has to be planted in your heart. If your heart's messed up financially and you plant the seed, it's not going to produce. If you don't water the seed, it's not going to produce. If you don't keep the weeds out, it's not going to produce. You've got to make a decision. I'm going to plow up. The soil of my heart, I'm going to get out the briars. I'm going to get out all the rocks. I'm going to, if I've got to put in some fertilizer, whatever I've got to do, I'm going to make sure my heart is good soil. Then when a prosperity seed is planted, a healing seed is planted, a destiny seed is planted, whatever kind of seed is planted, you're going to have a crop come up. Crop failures, failures are, are, are our fault. God gives us all the tools for spiritual. Uh, there's a good book by Brother Hagen called God's Garden. We are God's garden, every one of us. What is being produced out of the garden of your own heart? He said, I'll tell you what, I need to find me a church where everybody's blessed. It doesn't matter. It's, it's up to you. It's not up to the church. It's up to you. Amen. Amen. Now, that you may observe to do. Obedience comes from a faith, conf faith confession out of a convinced heart. Now let me say that again. Obedience comes from a faith confession out of a convinced heart. Now you know, I, I, 
I want everyone at Island Church to tithe. Not because we'll have more money. But I'm going to tell you what. If everybody at Island Church would tithe, I'd have to deal with less issues. You say, why? Because the devourer is rebuked. God opens up the windows of heaven. He pours out blessings that you do not live long enough to contain in your life. Amen. And the devil cannot touch your seed nor what your seed produces. But, 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 but people don't realize 10% of your income and then God expects you to give offerings over that. That is an impossible reality to, them, to most people no matter how much money they make. Because you can put 10% in the stock market and it's doing pretty good right now. You can put 10% in, a, in, a, in an IRA. You can put 10% in a, in, a, in a CD. You can put 10% in gold. You can put 10% in oil futures. You can put 10 And see, you have such faith in the world system producing for you, but you have no faith in God's system. Got quiet in here. But you're going to have to get the word in your mouth and in your heart. Go over to Genesis and look where, where, where Abraham tithed. Uh, look where, look where uh, uh, who was it, uh, 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 Isaac tithed. Uh, go over and look at the law in Israel. Where under the law they incorporated tithing. Tithing was not part of the law. Tithing was in the book of Genesis. Why are we talking about tithing? Anyway, it's good. You need to hear it. Tithing was brought out of the book of beginnings and incorporated into the law and continued into redemption. Amen? And when you begin to realize what truly the tithe is, what is the tithe? It is that which God says, it's mine, not yours. That's why Malachi says, will a man rob God? You know, I was, I was, Lee and I were blessed to spend some personal time with Dr. Oral Roberts, and I'm telling you, two really mighty men of God said the same thing. Oral Roberts and Kenneth Copeland said to me personally, if you will tithe, God can do anything for you. But if you don't, there's nothing he can do for you. I said, Brother Copeland, he grabbed me by my coat. I told him, Brother Copeland, I'm a tither. He said, well, I'm just trying to, trying to make sure you know. I said, I know, I know. Freaked me out because he's not very big. He's a little guy. And, and, and when you begin to realize it can't be done out of tradition because I've known people that do it out of, out of religion. Well, I've tithed my whole life. God's never done anything for me. Well, you're just doing it out of compulsion and tradition. But if you'll take the Word of God and you'll begin to develop a confession about tithing, and if you'll let it convince your heart, then every time you write that check and deposit it into the offering basket when it goes by, you are planting the seed of the Word of God in the good soil of your heart, and it shall produce what the promise of God says. And then if you go above that and give, it will come back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And as God told His disciples, that which you give up in this, in this dispensation, I'm going to give it back to you a hundredfold now. You have to observe to do. Everybody say observe to do. You say, well, well, I don't see anybody where it works. Look in the Word. The testimony of it is in the Word. And there's plenty of testimonies outside the Word, but the testimony of it is in the Word. Now, getting back to acting, whether it comes to finances, because there are times God will speak to you, especially if you're obeying God in tithing and offering, God will say, now do this. Now do that. I mean, God spoke to me two times driving down Herd's Lane and I saw a roped-off area back behind New Life Church. 
And I thought, I wonder, wonder what they're doing, because I've always noticed they don't have any parking there. There's no parking. And so many of their services, people parked all over the place. And that's very dangerous on a road like that. And I thought, well, maybe they're expanding their parking. And so I looked again, and I came back down, and the Lord spoke to me specifically. He said, now, this is what you need to do. And I'm like, okay, well, let me find out what it is, what's going on. And so I, I think I asked Gabe or somebody, I asked Gabe, and, and, and ended up getting some information, getting the pastor name, getting all that. But the Lord spoke to me specifically. Then, then, then we gave to three different missionaries this morning that God spoke specifically. Do this, do this, do this. Amen. Now you say, well, why would God speak to you like that? Because He can. He has the liberty to speak to me like that. There is a permission there. God is not a, a, an ogre. He's not a demanding father. He's the one that looks for the heart of his children to be open to this activity. So whenever God is doing that to you, whether personally or as a church or as a business or in any other area, you know God's fixing to do something in your life. When it comes to healing, that's why you've got to be so careful when it comes to healing because People, people get prescribed medication. People get, uh, uh, they have to go to, through, through therapies. They have to go through this, through that. And you've got to be very sensitive to the voice of God for Him to tell you, you don't need that, you don't need that medication anymore. Uh, you, don't, you, don't need that, you don't need to go to that therapy anymore. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do But it has to be the voice of God. I've had people come up to me and say, you know, Pastor, I, I came up front. I had all these pain, I had all this stuff. I'm going through these treatments, going through this medication, taking this medication. Man, when you lay hands on me, all the pain, all the discomfort. Should I quit taking my medication? I always tell them, no. And they look at me like I'm crazy. I said, you don't quit taking your medication until God speaks to you. You have to make a decision for God to speak to you. Now, the destiny and calling of your life is going to take faith. Whether it's to just be in a church and be a part of what a church is doing, or to go out and start your own church, or to go to the mission field, or to be an evangelist, or whatever God's calling you to do, that is really where it's going to take steps of faith. So many ministers that I know have, could have gone so much further and done so much more if they'd have just done it by faith instead of by ego or ambition or by natural talent. Did you know there are pastors out there that are just such good businessmen and administrators? That they come up with programs. I mean, they can just, I mean, they can just make it happen. And there ain't a lick of anointing in it. There ain't nothing, there ain't, uh, uh, there, there's no God in it at all. They're just that good. I heard them say of one preacher, they said, I'm telling you, God and everything else could leave him, and you wouldn't know it for 10 months. He's just that good. Well, there's people like that. I'm not like that. I've got to have I've got to have God every day in every decision and everything that we do. I've got to have God right in the midst of it. And we began 33 years ago. I'm telling you, you talk about a fish out of water. I mean, I came out of such an unrighteous life that literally the activity of my life went from all this unrighteousness to nothing. You know, you're doing all this stuff, you know, jiving and conniving and scheming and scamming, and, and, and it's work to get all that stuff and keep up with all the lies. It's a lot of work, man. Who you told this to, who you ripped off for this, who you didn't rip off, oh, I did this and that, and, and how you scam it. And then all of a sudden, I'm over here with nothing to do. You say, why? Because all of my behavior and activity was involved in unrighteousness. So I had to start doing other things. So I just started praying and fasting. Now remember, uh, I started praying and fasting. I started running. I'd move back to my parents' house, and they lived over in Harvard Lafitte. So I'd get up, and I'd eat breakfast, 
and I'd pray and I'd read my Bible for about two hours. Then I'd get up and just run around the blocks. Just run. Till I couldn't run no more. Then I'd come in and lay down, take a nap, get up, eat something, pray and read my Bible again. And by that time it'd be in the evening and I'd start running again. Wasn't nothing else to do. There was nothing else to do. So we should look, wouldn't look for a job. I just lost one. I didn't want to look for another one. Amen. But in that, God began to communicate to me. God began to speak to me. God began to give me direction. And the first time I actually, it actually dawned on me that I was going to have to go into the ministry, it scared me silly. I thought to myself, oh my God. I no more wanted to do that than I wanted to have somebody do brain surgery on me. I didn't no more want to do that. I mean, there was nothing in me. I looked everywhere for anything. I talked to God about anything else. Can I do anything else? Is there anything else out there? Have you ever done that? Amen? And I'm telling you, if there's a ministry call on you, I don't care who you are, what you can do. You can hide in a church. You can hide in sin. You can hide wherever you want to. But if that thing is on you, you're eventually going to have to come to terms with yourself and recognize and realize, am I going to do this or I'm not? Amen? Because if you're not going to do it, what's your alternative? That's really what got me. I begin to realize and recognize that if I do anything else, it will lead me right back into that lifestyle. And brother, I'm telling you, the devil will come after you as soon as you make that decision. He'll come after you. He'll do everything he can. I remember a, a guy coming to me who knew me through the cable TV, TV business and offered me a business deal that would probably have made me a millionaire. And I'm like, oh my God. But you know, there's something about your spirit. This is where you can depend upon your spirit. If you can just get in touch with who you really are in your spirit, then that reality of what God desires will so permeate your being. You know, I, knew, I knew I couldn't do it. I just knew it. I could go anywhere in the world I wanted to, do whatever I wanted to do. I mean, they were wanting to pay me 100 Now, this is back in 1984, early 1984. They were wanting to pay me $100 per room to wire hotels for cable TV. Now, I knew because I knew the business. I could go into a 400-room hotel, bring two guys with me, and in three days have 400 rooms hooked up. And f Now, you, you do the math on that. Now, you go to a place like Hawaii where there's 1,100-room hotels and there's 800-room hotels, and you do 10 of them in a month at $100 per room. And you're paying your buddies 10 bucks an hour. And you're sticking 90 bucks an hour into your pocket. 80 bucks an hour into your pocket. Just do the math. It doesn't take long. And you got a bunch of money. And I knew the last thing I need in my life right now is a bunch of money. Amen? So there comes realizations when you step out by faith. And I remember down through the years as we would make certain decisions to do things. And you know, there, there are times, there were, there were times you hear about Brother Osteen's testimony. There was a time he did not have the faith to buy a water fountain for the church. He said, I couldn't see it. $255 for a water fountain. He said, Brother, uh, Brother Bell was the administrator of the church. Came to him and said, we need, a water, we need to put a water fountain in this feed barn. He's like, well, how much will that cost? It's about $250. He said, oh my, there's no way. 
He said, there's no way in the world we can afford a water fountain. So they had to do it by faith. He said, we got out on our faith. You know, he said, in about three, what, three months, I think he said, we bought a water fountain. He said, that was the biggest miracle our church had ever saw. He said, we walked by that. We thought it was so holy, we didn't want to drink out of it, you know. He said, then the Lord spoke to him and said, buy those two acres of land across the road. He said, I almost fainted. And thank God Brother Bell, had, he was a businessman. He, had to see, he went and bought it, unbeknownst to Brother Osteen, to hold it so that somebody else wouldn't get it, knowing that God had spoke to him. But he said, it, he, said it, he said it seemed like it took me an eternity to get the faith to buy those two acres of land. But see, you start where you're at. You start in business many times. I'm telling you, if you have a business, you get out there, and that's where a lot of people fail in business. If, if you're spiritual, you've got to understand You've got all of this opposition to your business that's demonic. So if you do not line yourself up with the Word of God, the enemy's going to come in with all that demonic force and destroy anything to do with your business because he knows the purpose or the reason that God gave you the business was to make money, not to make wages. And he wants that money aimed at the kingdom of God, a business to help build churches, a business to help send missions. So you've got to begin with all the principles of God online. You can't say, well, we start making this money, we'll start tithing. You can't do that. Well, we get to this place, we'll start tithing, we'll start doing this, we'll start doing that. It doesn't work that way. I've seen many businesses over the years, and the ones that I have seen explode and prosper. I've got a friend right now. <laughs> His business, it's hilarious. There's no reason on the planet why it should exist. There's no reason. And he makes more money by accident than most people make with purpose. But he's, him and his wife are the biggest givers I've ever seen in my life. They give and they give and when they don't have, they give and when they got bucket loads, they give and they give and they give and they don't quit giving and they just tithe and give and give and tithe and there is no, you walk into that and you look around and you think, this is a miracle of Almighty God. There's no administration, there's no organization, there's nothing, there's just stuff laying all over the place. You think, what's this, what's that, what's over here, what's that, that? and God just dumps tons of money on it. You say, why? have a heart to give. They operate by faith. And I know other businesses that are so tight. I mean, every little nickel. This guy has more money running out of his business that he doesn't know about than most businesses ever possess. <laughs> she knows who it is, so she's laughing. I mean, it's amazing. You say, why? Their heart to obey God with everything that God gives them and they've done it for years and years and years and years. And it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I was with him one time. And, and, he, and, and we were actually we were going dove hunting. Years ago, this is years ago, we're still in field ministry. And uh, 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 we were driving to Alvin to go to some field over there. And he said, he said, you know, I shouldn't be going. I said, why? He said, I got an $80,000 payroll at the end of the day. And I ain't got a dime in the bank. And I said, well, maybe you shouldn't be going. He said, nah. He said, I gave it all over to the Lord. It'll be fine. So we went hunting, and after we were hunting, after we went hunting, it's back before cell phones, tell you how long ago it was. Uh, we stopped at a store to get some ice to put on the birds and stuff like that. And, and we're standing at the store, and he's on the phone over there. Just I could see him smiling, you know. 
And, and about 30 minutes after he left, a vendor walked in, which they had overpaid, $120,000. And brought the overpayment back to them. They didn't even know they overpaid $120,000. And that vendor could have stole that money just like that. But brought it back to them. He gets in the truck. He's smiling. He says, well, I got my payroll made and, and, and money over that. Praise God. You know I mean? Just, I'm just, it blows me away. I've seen it time after time after time after time. Well, they observe to do. And you never can get a negative word out of them. You never can say, well, I don't know if we're going to make it. Even when he got in the truck, 80000 I got 80000 to pay. I got a dime in the bank. But God, I gave it over to God. Let's go hunting. That's faith. That's an act of faith. He could have stayed there and worried all day long about making that payroll. And what happened? God shows up. I mean, that's the way it works. And when we see that, you know, that's very inspirational, but you've got to pick that up in your own life, and then you've got to put the pieces together of the puzzle of your life of faith so that every area of your life, if you're going on a hunting trip, you're going by faith. You're going on a fishing trip, you're going by faith. You want to go to Paris, you go by faith. You go in here, you go, if you want to purchase this, you're going, yeah, I'm going to get that by faith. I'm going, to, I'm going to get this by faith. And you will find out. Here's what you'll discover. You'll discover how to gauge your faith. Everybody say, gauge your faith. That means you'll be able to look at a situation and determine whether you have faith for it or not. That'll keep you out of trouble. That'll keep you from getting caught up in presumption and stepping out and doing things that you don't have the faith to do. Because then you correctly understand, you know, this is where my faith is. This is where It took us 15 years to get to the place to have the faith to do what we're doing right now as a church. 15 years. Sure, we could have usurped that. We could have went another direction. We could have borrowed money. We could have done this. We could have done that. But God wanted us to do it this way. And thank God, one day we'll stand in that building and say, not look what we've done. Not look. We'll say, look what God has done by faith. It's going to help vindicate what we believe by faith. You think God's going to let us fall or let us fail? He's not going to do that. He's going to keep uh, undergirding us, raising us up, doing that. Which, and then he'll send encourage, just encouragement, encourage, encouragement. We got up this morning. My, so I had a message. I pushed it. Brother Danny, brother, brother Danny Johnson. Here's Brother Danny Johnson. Praying for you. Kept praying for all morning long. Had you on my heart. God wants you to know you're entering into the greatest sea. What did he say? Greatest season of blessing your life and ministry has ever seen. Holy Ghost wanted to tell you that. That's why he does it. So what is it in your life that you want, desire, or need? Sometimes it may be just that stability we talked about earlier to get out of double-mindedness. Some of you just need a faith project. You look at something and say, okay, I'm going to go after that. Praise God, I've always wanted to do that, or I've always wanted to have that. Let me ask you a question. If there's something in your heart that you've always wanted to do, or something that you've always wanted to have, why has it stayed in your heart so long? You ought to ask yourself that question. Because most things that are just the lust of your flesh, you know, the lust of your flesh gets relieved very quickly. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean, if you're hungry, you go eat. It's over. Hunger's over. Uh, Papa Ward told me years ago, he said, anything that's of your flesh will be gone in 30 days. It's gone. He said, 30, the flesh cannot, the flesh cannot uh, uh, maintain its, its, its hold on a desire for more than 30 days. Just can't do it. Doesn't have the strength to do it. I mean, you, you, you think about something and you see it and you want it. You know, think about 
walking through a through a through a mall or something and seeing some, you know, here's this 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 million dollar beautiful necklace with this big diamond or sapphire or something hanging. And you look at that and, you, and the, the thoughts there, oh, I'd like to have that. Amen. I mean you look at it and say, man, that's beautiful. I'd like to have that. But after you've taken two steps away, you know, I ain't getting that. Well, that's just your flesh. Hey, man, that's just your flesh. And we were somewhere. Oh, we were at, uh, eating dinner at St. Louis, and Tilma Fatita's uh, Rolls Royce, Bentley Rolls Royce was parked. That's a nice car. I don't know if you've ever seen his car. It's a beautiful, that camel interior. Oh, it's beautiful. And I walked around it, and I was looking at it, and I thought to myself, man, that's a nice car. I'd like to have one of those, man. And I wasn't three steps up the, up, the, up the stairs where the thought was gone. Never considered it again. You say, well, it's just my flesh. It's all it was. But then there's other things that I've seen and I've thought, hmm, that's nice. I'd like to have that. And then I'd think about it again and again. And sometimes a year, two years, three years would go by and I'm still thinking about it. It's still there. I'm thinking, hmm, what's that all about? Maybe a project God wants you to have. Maybe something God wants you to go after by faith. So that He can what? Strengthen your faith. Keep you in a life of faith. So that when faith really needs to come online in a crisis situation, you don't have to search for it. It's right there already operating in your life. Amen. My time's up. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we thank you this morning for the word, for the entrance of your word. Thank you for your spirit, Father. Moving among. For yes, there are many things, many things over the years that I have presented unto my people and said unto them, yeah, you can have that. No, you can go there. Oh, you can do that. Yes, you can be that. But they thought, oh, no, no, no. And they themselves, without demon powers being involved, without the enemy coming against them, but they themselves have dismissed the idea of my blessing being that great in their life. But as you think in your mind that I am, I'm so much bigger. I'm so much greater and desire so much more for you. So walk with me and talk with me and let me handle your heart and I'll drop desires in there that will amaze you then I will empower you by the faith of my word to go after and possess it so that I may get the glory you may get the story and many will be blessed because of that which you decided I will get by faith and glorify God with what I receive in Jesus name hallelujah now lift your hands and thank God for that thank you Lord thank you Father Thank you for it, Father. Lord, we believe, we receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.